Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future Technologies, poised to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs from Future Tech Podcast. Round the corner, almost here, technology. Today's going to be a recap of CES, Consumer Electronics Show, in Las Vegas, 2017. I just got back. I was there for a couple days checking out the conference, and I wanted to relate to listeners uh, some things I saw that may be of interest to you. So in the uh, TV world, there's a new type of uh, TV called OLED. Uh, beautiful picture, you know, just like 4K and, and all those other technologies. But these TVs are really thin. They're about the um, the width of two cell phones, maybe a little bit less. So uh, if they sit in a base, the TV itself is ultra, ultra thin. If you hang it on a wall, I mean, it's uh, essentially like having a picture on the wall. Pretty amazing. And uh, they had all kinds of sizes. Saw some TVs that were up to 150 inches. Uh, there's some new projection technology that... Um, has really, really high um, clarity, and uh, people are able to project with tiny, tiny projectors um, on any surface, even in daylight, and you can still see the TV, which is really cool. Then there were uh, tons of drone companies. So now they have some underwater drones, I guess, to annoy fish while you're fishing and, uh, you know, find them so there's nowhere for them to hide, sadly. Uh, there was, you know, all the regular drones now most of them have cameras on them, 4K cameras. Uh, some have infrared cameras. They can see heat signatures. One kind of cool one was the, the E-Hang. It's a gigantic drone that a person can sit in. Um, it has um, dual propellers on each arm. So it has a total, uh, from what I saw, of eight propellers. It's huge. If they turned that thing on the conference, it would have killed everybody and shredded them. <laughs> It was pretty cool. I got some pictures of that, which you will be able to see on the website. Um, oh, another company that was very interesting, uh, Advanced Aerodynamics, I believe their name is. They have self-riding drones. So these are little drones that are toys. They have cameras in them. But if they fall, they always land right side up, just like a cat would, you know, on, a, on its feet. Or legend has it, cats do. So I think that's really cool. And there's a cage, essentially a plastic cage around the drone pictures uh, attached again on the website. So if you have kids and, um, you know, they fly the drone around and break the propeller in two seconds, this will keep it safe. There was another version with a cage around it, like a barrel, barrel-shaped barrel cage or egg-shaped one that can spin freely as the drone flies. And these drones, I saw them run. They were stable. They were fine. Lightweight, cheap. I think they were like 100 bucks. Um, very affordable. And again, they're less likely to break. They're great for kids. They're great for hobbyists, enthusiasts, because they have protection. And when they land, they don't land upside down, uh, which causes many drones to uh, have to be fixed, you know, and their propellers don't break. So that was another cool thing I saw. A couple more things in drones. There was a pocket drone, uh, the Dobby, D-O-B-B-Y, just like that elf from Harry Potter. It fits in your pocket, supposedly. It would be kind of a fat pocket to fit, but... You can pull it out, open up the uh, the arms, and uh, send it on its way. They showed examples of people hiking and biking and the drone taking pictures of them, etc. You know, not very exciting. I found one company that shoots down drones. That was pretty cool. 
Um, it stops drones from encroaching on a given space in several ways. But first of all, you know, they showed me for like stadiums, uh, they could have this system deployed so there could be no, um, you know, nasty or renegade drones that could come in uh, for military compounds, for the White House, for any area where you want to exclude drones. Um, they can either shoot them down with a laser or they can um, cause them to go into a go-home mode where the drone will reset and go back to its home destination, or they can jam the signal that the drone gets and cause it to fall out of the sky or to land. Another application could be uh, countermeasures. You know, a drone's coming in that's weaponized, um, have the drone come in and land, um, put a bomb on it or something like that, and send it back home to blow up the bad guys. So all those are possibilities, but it was actually really cool to see a company that does countermeasures because... Drones, in my perception, and I'm sure a lot of people, are going to become extremely annoying if they become ubiquitous and they could invade privacy very easily. So although I think drones are cool, I don't want them flying around me or my family or near my house or any of that stuff, um, especially en masse, because it would be annoying to say the least, uh, possibly dangerous, and who knows what else could happen. I certainly wouldn't want to be chased by one with a gun mounted to it. Another big deal at the conference was virtual reality and augmented reality. So there was uh, at least 30 different companies doing this. Uh, some do it where you can play games, like you see an Oculus Rift is coming out now. Um, some were different applications. One particularly cool one was NASA had uh, VR goggles, so I put them on, and it was on the surface of Mars, and the rover was there. And they said each day... Uh, scientists will put on the VR goggles and they'll see where the rover ends up for that particular day. They could look at rocks in the area and choose ones for the rover to sample. They can look where they want the rover to go for the next day. But again, when you put on the goggles, you're on the surface of Mars and you can look around and see how it would look. Really, really cool type stuff. Then I did another simulation with uh, JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, where they show you the launching of a rocket so you can zoom in and out and watch a rocket launch and you, you know, as it launched and I looked up in the sky, quote unquote, and saw the rocket take off. Really, really cool. Another company uh, that has a headset called the Daiquiri, not a strawberry Daiquiri, but D-A-Q-R-I. Um, they allow you to see engine parts and other 3D things in, um, in VR. Uh, they call it more augmented reality. You could walk around an engine. You can look inside of it. You can see how it would run, you know, all kinds of stuff like that, which I thought was really cool. And then perhaps the coolest one was by a company called FLIR, F-L-I-R, forward-looking infrared. So their main gig is they make infrared cameras. And they have ones that you attach to your cell phone. They're like three or 400 bucks, and your cell phone turns into an infrared camera, and a really good one, too. They combine visible light with the infrared, so you get... Amazing pictures. This is not splotchy, you know, Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger type stuff where you see these blobs of color. You see real details. Really, really, really cool. Amazing. They actually combined it as well with VR. Um, so I put on goggles, and their simulation was, was awesome. I was inside a cabin in the woods, and it was winter. And you can look around the cabin, and they give you um, devices to hold in your hands. One was a thermal camera. So inside the VR... I had a thermal camera that I could quote-unquote look through, and it looked like you were. 
You can see a kettle on the stove boiling. You can see heating elements on the floor. You can look at doors and windows and see where they're not insulated properly. Uh, it was really, really amazing. With the other hand, I could pick up objects. So I picked up a laptop and I threw it across the room and you saw it clatter and land. Uh, I picked up a candlestick and knocked it over and the room went dark. And then I found the candlestick and put it back and the room lit up again. So that was really cool. Awesome simulation. At the end, um, they told me to look around and I saw footprints and I looked up and there was Bigfoot standing there with like a lampshade over his head. So it was it was really immersive. It was very cool virtual reality. Um, I didn't think the technology was this advanced, but it's definitely getting there. Very, very cool. Uh, there were also applications where you could play games in virtual reality. There was one where you uh, take an arrow, dip it into um, you know gas, light it on fire, and then shoot it at targets. So that was pretty cool. Um, I didn't see much haptic feedback, you know, rumbles and feelings of um, of what you can do in VR. It was more just visual. But there was one or two companies that are starting to get haptic feedback incorporated. So that was pretty cool. Then there was a lot of home automation type stuff, which is kind of boring. But, you know, you can control temperature and whether gadgets turn on and off with your cell phone, etc. cetera, uh, those kinds of things. There was some 3D printing, but it was real basic. It was just plastic. You know, I knew a couple of the companies there I've interviewed, um, but no metal no uh, airplane type stuff, no real innovative things, no bioprinting. So it was, it was kind of a letdown that 3D printing wasn't a lot better. They were wearable devices. Again, boring, more Fitbits, that kind of thing. Um, you know, there was cell phone accessories, which are probably the most boring thing of all. Ugh. A couple of other cool things. There was um, custom uh, earphones or earbuds. So they scan your ear. They make a 3D rendering of each ear, which are different. Your left ear will look differently than your right ear. So they make custom uh, earbuds, which are really cool. I like that. The most interesting area was the startups area. I didn't even know they had this till the last day. And I wish I had spent more time there, but they had a whole room, big one, of startups. And each row was a different country. So they had Ukrainian-based startups, French ones, Israeli ones, you know, all these different countries. And these, this was really cool. Here you saw really innovative, new, fun stuff. Uh, one company, they had um, shades or blinds that you put on the outside of a window, and they act like normal blinds. You know, they're open, you can see. they closed, you can't see. But when they're closed, the blinds themselves are little solar panels. So let's say it's hot outside. You can, you know, remotely draw the shades, essentially, and collect solar power. And you could offset your air conditioning bill, by they said, by about 90% up to that. And you generate solar power to help power your home. Now, the cool thing is you can do this if you live in an apartment. Uh, you don't need permits. It's not massive construction. It's not $30,000. It was about $500 a window, which is very reasonable. Uh, so it's a really cool way to start using solar without having to, again, redo your whole home or commit to... Um, you know, thirty or $50,000 worth of stuff and try to get tax rebates to offset it. So that was really cool, too. Surprisingly, I only found one blockchain-based uh, company. So they do, um, from what I can tell, uh, document verification, somewhat similar to Factum, you know, here in Austin, Texas, but uh, not much there. I'm looking forward to interviewing the one company I did find. 
Uh, let's see what else. What else was there? Oh, there was one strange company that had these little robots, these talking Einsteins. It looked like Einstein, and you can converse with it, ask it questions, and it teaches you science. So I kind of felt bad for Einstein and his likeness, but it was also kind of cool that you could talk to these little robots, which are about six inches high, and they can teach you science. And, of course, there was some other type of robotic stuff, but it still um, seems to be pretty primitive and pretty awkward. And these were a lot of, um, you know, Japanese and, uh, and Chinese companies that had these types of things. So all in all, it was a great experience at CES 2017. I highly encourage people to go. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you're interested in future technology, you're an early adopter, and this is one great place to go to see what's coming, you know, in the near future. Uh, bring you a walking shoes because at 2.5 million square feet and four different locations, I mean, your legs will be like jelly by the time you're done, like mine were, but it's a great experience. Thanks a lot for listening. Please listen, subscribe, and rate our podcast uh, to help us get more great interviews for you. And we now have a place on the website where you can donate Bitcoin to help get uh, future podcasts going and cooking and getting more interviews and growing. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.